Good morning. Uh, wow, a lot of cool things going on around your church. Try to do all of that uh, this summer. I've, um, I'm looking forward to much of it. My name's John. I'm one of your pastors around here. And we have a little bit of a unique Sunday for you. It's excited. I'm excited. Uh, it's exciting and I'm excited about it because it's around leadership development. Today's around leadership development and the Global Leadership Summit. And the reason that's important, folks, is because we believe and we want you to believe that all of us are leaders, right? We all have a role to play in the kingdom, and we all have influence. And so if you combine leadership and influence, uh, you can make great impact in the kingdom. Much like Joe Billion, who you just saw in that last video, he's leveraging some things he does with his business uh, for the kingdom. And so today, we're going to talk more about that. Today is, we call it Summit Sunday around here. And we want to accomplish two things today. First, we want you to know how important the Global Leadership Summit is to the church, your church, the church you're a part of or the church you're thinking about being a part of. And we also want to take this opportunity to show you just how much quality comes with attending this event. And so we're going to do that in a little bit. I'd like to stop and say... Uh, by going to the summit, as you're considering this, you're actually doing your staff a favor. I think your staff does a ton of things for you throughout the year, and your staff right now is saying, hey, would you do us a favor? Would you come to the summit with us in August? It's on the 11th and 12th. Be a part of that with us. Sacrifice a couple days and actually sacrifice a little bit of money. We'll talk about that later. And just join us. Be a part of what we do to be better leaders around here. And one more challenge, take a risk, maybe bring a friend with you. Think about who would come to this leadership event with me and who would be a part of that with me. And um, it's just a real fun thing to do with someone around you. Okay. So some of you are saying, okay, what, what's, what's it like? What, what will happen if I come to this event. And so we have handpicked a message from last year uh, that we're about to watch. Uh, staff handpicked it for you. Uh, it's a gentleman's name that is going to give us the message is Craig Groeschel. I'm sure lots of you have heard of him. If you have not, uh, he is a lead pastor of Life Church. He is considered one of the most innovative pastors of our time. He started his church with about 40 people in a garage which is amazing. Uh, that has grown to 22 locations across seven states in the U.S., which is kind of unbelievable to me. Uh, Craig knows about leadership. He knows about influence. So uh, someone that we can learn from, right? Let's sit back and uh, be taught by a great leader. Watch this. What I want to do is just open with Scripture um, from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and give glory to where glory is due. The Apostle Paul said, now to him, now to Christ, who is able to do immeasurably what? Would somebody help me out? He's able to do immeasurably? Let's say it again. Somebody at Crossings Community Church, give me a little more passion than that. We're not going to do this thing unless we do it right. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. To him be the glory where? To him be the glory 
in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. I want to illustrate what I want to talk to you today by telling you a story uh, that happened to me. I was with my family at a camp, and they had a swimming pool, and there was a guy that walked up to me. His name is Mark Button. I found out later on that Mark actually invented uh, the Koosh Ball, and he's actually, uh, he works with CEOs. Mark came up to me and said, hey, it's nice to meet you, and we're talking. He said, I bet you can't hold your breath underwater for a minute. Now, Anytime anyone dares a guy to do anything, a guy is going to be stupid enough to do it. I bet you can't run through that brick wall with your head. Oh, yeah? Move out of the way and watch. And so Mark dared me to try to hold my breath for a minute, and he took out his little watch, and I went underwater, and he counted. We're at, you know, 20 seconds, and I thought, this is easy. We're at 30 seconds. I thought, this is harder than I expected. We're at 40 seconds, I'm rededicating my life to Jesus, <laughs> just in case I don't make it. We're at 45, my lungs go <sighs> and do this weird thing. We're at 50, and I think, I'm gonna die. We're at 56, 57, 58, 58 at 60, I explode out of the water. <gasps> Victory! As if anybody cares, but I did it there on the spot. Mark looked at me, kind of like you are, not so impressed. He said, I bet you can actually do it twice as long if you do what I tell you to do. I'm thinking, you have no idea how close I was to dying seconds ago. There is no way I can do it twice as long. He said, actually, and he explained that he uh, consults with CEOs, and this is an exercise that they do. And he said, what I want you to do is breathe in four times as much oxygen as you can, then blow out. You're going to expand your lungs. Then, when you're in the water, I don't want you to do like you were last time. Last time you're doing this kind of stuff. I want you just to float there like you're just floating on a cloud. And at some point, your lungs are going to do this. Like, I remember that thing. And that's just your, your body saying you need oxygen soon. But you don't realize that your brain is not capable, your brain does not understand what your body is capable of. Your brain does not comprehend what your body is capable of. At some point, I want you to open your eyes and then find something floating in the water, count to 10 as you watch it float, then blow some air out. You're tricking your brain to think you're about to get oxygen and you're gonna find there is far more in you than you ever thought possible. I almost died at 60 seconds and he said, now you're gonna do two minutes. <sighs> breathe in, breathe, float there. He's counting to me, he goes, okay, Craig, you're at 30 seconds. Stay down, don't come up. There's more in you. You're at 35 seconds. You're at 40 seconds. You're at 50 seconds. You passed a minute. Don't come up, Groeschel. There's more in you. Don't come up. There's more in you. You're at a minute 10. Don't you come up. There's more in you. You're at a minute 20. Don't you come up. There's more in you. Open your eyes, float, count. Look, look, look at the thing. <laughs> Blow water out. Help, Jesus. You're at a minute 30. You're at a minute. At, at two minutes, I came out of the water. He looked at his watch and he said, you did two minutes and 45 seconds. He lied to me because I didn't know what I was capable of. I can't believe that nobody here clapped that I did that for two minutes and 45 seconds. I'm sure there's somebody somewhere else who believes that is absolutely incredible. I've now since worked my way up to four minutes underwater. Nobody really cares, but there was way more in me 
than I ever understood. I came to the summit this year to tell somebody that there is way more inside of you than you can imagine that our God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can even dream possible. My subject today is this. I've titled this talk, Expanding Your Leadership Capacity. Expanding your leadership capacity. What, what is capacity? Simply put, it's what you can handle. Capacity is what you can produce. If you wanna increase what you do, you increase your capacity. If you wanna increase who you influence, you wanna increase your capacity. And I would encourage you to apply this talk to your family, to your marriage, to your home, to your ministry, or to your business. For example, how many of you are parents? Raise your hands. But Sheila trained you well in an earlier session. How many of you have one child? All of our locations, raise your hand, you have one child. Okay, if you're married and you have one child, you've got two on one defense, right? Okay, how many of you have two children? Two children, if you're married and you have two, what do you have? Man to man, you take that one, I'll take this one. How many of you have three or more? What are you in? Zone, baby, zone. Right? Okay. We have six. A basketball team with a sub. Okay. To manage a family with six kids, we have to have a different mindset than a family does with two kids. Correct? Okay. Uh, when we go on vacation, we're not flying anywhere with six kids. Okay. Simply going out to eat, we have a different philosophy. I do not drive a two-door sedan. Our transportation has to change. Our mindset has to change. As your organization grows, your mindset has to change. If you're leading a church with 80 people and it grows to 200 people, that is a significantly different organization. If you're leading volunteers and you have two volunteers and one day you have eight volunteers, that is a significantly different organization. And if you don't change the way you think, what will happen is you will become the lid to your organization. Anytime your organization starts to fall, let me say it this way, anytime that my organization starts to settle or struggle, I always assume that I am the lid that my mindset needs to change, that I need to expand my leadership capacity so those around me can grow as well. Many of you, you are facing a leadership lid right now. To go to the next level, you have to change the way that you think and operate. What got you here, remember Bill's talk, will not get you there. You have to think, perform, and behave in a different way to get to a different spot. So. What I want to do is give you five different C's to expand your leadership capacity. All these words begin with C. I hope you appreciate the effort and work I put into <laughs> that, okay? Preachers love this stuff. It's all we do. That we work on Sundays and then come up with things like this. Okay, five C's of expanding your capacity. And I want you to write these down, and as you do, I'm gonna challenge you to choose one that is yours. Now let me just give you a little heads up. At the end of our talk, at all of our sessions, 
I'm gonna ask you to stand up for your one. So if you're not paying attention, you're gonna look stupid here in about 30 minutes or so. I want you to choose one to work on. If you choose three, you're not gonna do any. If you choose one, you might just get 5% better as a leader this year, and every year if you get 5% better over time, your whole organization is gonna be different because God is expanding your leadership capacity. You choose one, which is it gonna be? Number one, I wanna talk about building your confidence. Number two, expand your connections. Number three, you'll want to improve your competence. Number four, strengthen your character. And number five, increase your commitment. Let me say them again so you can write them down. Number one, build your confidence. Number two, expand your connections. Number three, improve your competence. Number four, strengthen your character. Number five, increase your commitment. Let's start with number one and talk about it. Let's talk about building your confidence. Because somewhere right now, there is someone who is consistently speaking what I call the language of the lid. You're speaking the language of the lid. Your words give you away. You're saying, uh, there are not enough hours in the day. I just can't get it all done. No matter what I do, there's not enough time. There's not enough of me to go around. I, ju I just can't handle anymore. I would encourage you to change your self-talk, to change what you're saying to yourself. I like in the Older Testament of the Bible a verse that said David at one point, he actually encouraged himself in the Lord. Some of you, you may need to start encouraging yourself in the Lord. For example, uh, for me, one of my greatest fears early on was public speaking. I was absolutely, completely terrified of public speaking. Thankfully, I had a mentor that kind of pushed me into it, made me do it. I would literally, every time we would go into his office, I would pray and then I would vomit in a garbage can and then I would go preach the living word of God, okay? I, I don't do that anymore, thank God. Now I just throw up in my mouth, I swallow it, and we are good to go. Okay? Good to go. I, I was so, so terrified. And here's, here's what my, here's the, was the language of, my, of the lid. I'm too young, I don't know enough, I haven't graduated from seminary yet, they're all smarter than I am, I'm not any good at this, my pastor's way better than I am, they're not gonna like me. And, and my, my language, my self-talk was talking me out of it. So. What I do now, every time before I speak, I'm gonna give you a symbol of something you may wanna do in your own life. Even today and every time before I speak, I simply take one step forward. Just today, I'm okay, we're ready, we're ready, ready, and I take a step forward, and in my mind, what I'm doing is I am stepping out of my insecurities, I'm stepping out of my fears, I'm stepping out of my weaknesses, I'm stepping out of all the things in me that are not enough, and I'm stepping into the calling and authority of God. One step forward. I don't know who it is today, but somebody here, you're gonna need to take, in whatever way it is, one step forward. I'm not talking about you being confident in yourself. I'm talking about you being confident that God has given you everything you need 
to do everything that he wants you to do. Somewhere, sometimes somebody's gonna get into this, and I don't know who it is, but you're gonna take a step forward into the calling of God. For some of you, there's a fear holding you back. It's this, it's this self-talk telling you you can't, and somebody needs to hear this, that the pathway to your greatest potential is straight through your greatest fear. That you take a step forward through your fear into faith and say, if God is calling me to do this, then he will give me what it takes to get it done. Stop your negative self-talk. Replace your mind with the truth of God. Step into what he's called you to do and believe what he says about you. I'm telling you what, in the early years of ministry, I failed massively and miserably. I went to the ordaining meeting. I had gone halfway through seminary, was in an amazing denominational group, and went before the board of ordaining elders who looked at me and said, we do not feel like you have the necessary gifts to be a minister. We're not sure that you're called to ministry. Okay, can I tell you I was devastated, devastated. Got in my stupid red geo prism, cried all the way home. I cried for two reasons. One, because they weren't sure I was called. Two, because I was driving a geo prism. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the, all, all I felt, and this is gonna identify with somebody, all I felt was called to do this. And people that I respected said, we're not sure that you're called to do this. You're on probation. And I was driving home just crying and just, just hurting. And, and I, I heard a voice, and I don't want to sound like, you know, but it was, some of you understand what I'm talking about. It wasn't audible. It was almost too loud to be audible, if you know what I'm talking about. It was just, it was a very strong presence that simply said, you are not who others say you are. You are who I say you are, and I say you're called to ministry, okay? I don't know who needs to hear this. Listen to me, but somebody needs to hear it. You are not who others say you are. You are not what your own mind says you are. You are who God says you are, and if he has called you, you step through your fear, you take a step forward and let him build your confidence. There's somebody here, this is your one, we're done. You can play games for the rest of the four points because you know this is your one. It's confidence. To expand your leadership capacity, you need to let God build your confidence. Number two, there's somebody here who needs to expand your connections. Expand your connections, your relationships. In other words, if you show me who you listen to, I will show you who you are becoming. You show me who you're being influenced by, and I will show you who you're becoming. But here's the thing, for some of you, God is gonna position you with someone and you're gonna have a connection. And the power is that you may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. Do not miss this. You may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. We'll see it all the time. We saw it with a doctor in, in Bill's life. If you look in the Bible, those of you who are Jesus followers, you will remember uh, when Saul, the Christian killer, became Paul, the Jesus follower, and Paul wanted to preach the gospel, and all the Christians were like, no, 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 you used to kill us, we don't trust you. And Paul's like, no, I'm the real thing, I promise, I promise. And everybody said, no, we don't trust you. And then what happened? Paul met one person, named Barnabas, 
And Barnabas got to know Paul and believed in the conversion of Jesus Christ in Paul's life. And so you know what Barnabas did? He vouched for him. He said, the guy's good. I've seen him. He's good. You can trust him. And all of a sudden, through that one relationship, it totally and completely changed the destiny of Paul's life and ministry. You may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. Uh, for me, it was a guy named Lyle Schaller. Lyle passed away this year at the age of 91. About the age of 75, uh, I had the honor of becoming friends with this legendary church thinker. At the time, our church was in one location, three services. At the time, I didn't know any church anywhere with more than three services. We were out of space and I said, Lyle, I wanna go to four services. Is that possible? Is it wise? Lyle looked at me, 74, 75 years of age, and he said, that's the problem with you young guys. You all think so small. He said, you shouldn't be thinking three or four. You should be thinking seven services at your first location, and then seven at your second, and then seven at your third, and you're not gonna know what you're doing until you have five, but one day when you have 25, it's gonna be pretty powerful. What, 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 that's crazy. Well, I could not even comprehend that until several years later. Fast forward now, 16 years after that initial conversation. Last weekend, we had 136 services at 24 different locations in seven states. You can clap if you want to because there was one person and one relationship that God used to change the course of my ability to impact people one relationship. You may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. And the great thing is, you don't actually have to know people now. You can still learn from legendary geniuses. For example, I I'll tell you this, don't go try to copy what they do because you are not as funny as Michael Jr. <laughs> don't try to copy what they do. Learn how they think. Learn how they think, and that's what's so powerful about the summit is you have access to some of the most brilliant thinkers around. And, and for, for me, it was 23 years ago, the first time I heard Bill Hybels connect the church to evangelism, which as silly as it sounds, I had never connected those two. I always thought the church existed for church people. And then he talked about if you have the gift of leadership, lead in the church, the church should be empowered by, and I'm telling you, the wisdom that I heard from him, it gave me what I call the gift of disorientation. The gift of disorientation. I had never thought like that before. Brian Houston is here the same way. When I talk to Brian, I'm like, I don't understand that. His thinking is so far above me in so many ways. You wanna get around some people that you don't understand. And here's the key. Whenever you find yourself wanting to push back, saying, well, that's not true where I live. Well, that's not true in my case. That is probably the place that you need to learn the most because your perspective is not broad enough yet to contain the wisdom of what they just said. Get around people. Some of you, this is yours. You know it right now. You need a mentor. You need a distant mentor. You need someone that will help change the way you think. And this is yours. You know it right now. Number two is mine. I need, in order to get better, to develop some new relationships, to expand my connections, because you may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. Number three, there's somebody here who needs to improve your competence. You need to improve 
your competence. You need to decide specifically some area in which you need to improve. Now you may say, what is that area? And like Sheila told us, you may not know what it is, but everybody else knows what it is. You ask the people around you, and they're gonna tell, there is, tell you there's a specific area in which you can get better. For example, um, years ago, I just asked my wife, Amy, I said, you know, as a communicator, what is something that I can do that's better? And she looked at me like, dear Jesus, thank you for finally asking. She said, whenever you're preaching, said, you're always doing this. Every time you're doing this, everywhere you go, you're doing this. She said, it looks like you're carrying a box. She said, it would really help us all if you would put down the box, okay? <laughs> just, just put it down. And now I'm afraid to do this. You're gonna be like, put down the box, okay? I, I had no idea whatsoever that I was doing that over and over and over again and distracting people. And the reality is some of you have no idea that there is something that you do that is hindering your effectiveness as a leader. Decide where you need specifically to improve. And let me just, I put in my notes a few things to run by. You don't write this down, I'm gonna to say too many, but let me give you kind of what I'm thinking about so it might jar your thinking. Some of you need to improve your communication, interpersonal, the way you communicate with the team, the frequency, um, the tone, the style, the, the way you encourage, the way you correct. You need to improve your communication. Some of you, it's listening. That you, you do all the talking as leaders. If we're not listening more than we're talking, our organization is in trouble. Some of you, it's delegating. The problem is, especially in the church world, we tend to take, think delegating is telling people what to do. Whenever we delegate tasks, we are creating followers. Whenever we delegate authority, we are creating leaders. We don't just boss people around, we empower them to become all that God wanted them to be. Some need to improve at delegating. Some need to improve at giving feedback. Some need to improve at receiving feedback. Some need to have a work ethic. You mean we work eight hours a day? Oh my gosh, yes, and sometimes more because what we do demands our very best. Some need to improve at hiring or recruiting. You make a desperate hire because you're afraid or you're satisfied with the person who's available instead of seeking out the very best person for the role. Some need to get better at firing because the reality is, especially in the church world, sometimes we think we're loving people when we're really not, when we have the wrong person in the organization. And if it's not the right place for them to be, then that means God wants them somewhere else. And when we don't remove them, we don't set their future free and we lose credibility with everyone else that knows that we don't have the guts to do the right thing and make the decision to move the mission forward. And somebody just said amen and somebody just got fired. Okay. <laughs> It, it, it may be casting our ability to cast vision. It may, it may be how we run meetings. We, we start on time. We have an agenda. We talk about at the end of the meeting, what did we decide? Who's gonna do it? When is it gonna get done? You just apply those simple principles to your meetings and it can totally and completely change your organization. Some of you, this is yours. You need to improve at some level in your competence. And I'll tell you, of the, of the five we're talking about, this is mine, and I'll just tell you what I'm working on. I am working on initiating rather than responding. This is my one thing I'm working on. I'm gonna get 5% better. I'm going to initiate rather than respond. What does that mean? 
Pastor Craig, will you do this? Hey, Craig, can you do this? Hey, the team needs you to do this. Hey, you do this. My calendar gets full of what everybody else is asking me to do. And I've got all these things that I really value, but I never get to. So instead of just responding, I am initiating, I'm filling my schedule up with the high priority values instead of letting everybody else fill mine up. And there's my way to get 5% better. There's somebody, this is yours. I need to improve in my competence. Number five, number four, there's somebody here that it's time for you to strengthen your character. It's time to strengthen your character. The bottom line is this, talent can get you to the top but only character can keep you at the top. Talent can get you there, but only character will keep you there. And if your character is not strengthening, your future potential is weakening. I'll tell you a, an odd story that um, I did that with a lack of character. Um, I served for a few years on a nonprofit board with some of my kind of business heroes, uh, James Davis, Henry Cloud are both here, they, they were on the board. Um, they, they were all in California meeting together and I was unable to be there, so I called into the board meeting. And I'll just be dead honest with you. The meeting went long, okay? Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But like two hours and 30 minutes long into a call in, I'm listening to it, I just decided to go out in my garage and work out, okay? So I would comment and say, hey, that's a great idea, mute. And then I put some weight on, I started doing lat pull downs. And then I'd, I'd do a set and then I'd say, oh, good idea, mute, and do another set. Well, I got down to the part where I do all the weights because there's not a whole lot in there. And evidently, I forgot the mute button. <laughs> and so I pulled it down and I'm, at this point, I'm making some noise. <laughs> Clank! And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there listening for the talk and the conversation went dead. And somebody screamed out, Craig, are you okay? <laughs> and instinctively, I screamed back, I'm fine, how's everybody there? <laughs> I'm the only one not there. I'm the only pastor on the phone call. And I'm blatantly lying through my teeth, trying to act like I'm worried about them, okay? I publicly apologize to all of you and confess before the Lord Jesus Christ, I was working out during the board call and lied. Now, it, you know, it's kind of a silly illustration, but let's take it to a more serious place. You need and I need to check our lives for leaks. Is there a point where we are leaking? Is our marriage shaky even though our business is thriving? Are we neglecting our spouse even though our church is growing? Are we lacking in personal passion for God in time and his word and intimacy and prayer if we are Jesus followers? Are we telling white lies? Are we putting ourselves ahead of others? Are we allowing greed to get into our hearts? Are we battling with pride? Are we portraying something socially on media that we're actually not in order to impress people and make them think that we're something that we not really are? Are we living with unconfessed sin in our lives, because the reality is, and let me just get real serious right now, there are some of you, this is yours. This is yours. If there is an unconfessed sin, if there is, if there is something in your private life that, in, that could impact your public life, the very reason you came here may be for this moment. It's time to deal with it. 
Whoever confesses and renounces his sins receives mercy, but whoever hides and conceals them does not. We need to confess and we need help. And I'll tell you right now, I, I just have a theory about this. I know I'm vulnerable and I know I'm weak. And so any area I could potentially be vulnerable in, I'm gonna to decide today to eliminate future temptations. For example, um, for the last, I don't know, eight, 10 years, my computer has been monitored by an outside party that every click I make goes directly to two people in the church that have the ability to fire me. In other words, I've never once in that period of time ever been tempted to look at something inappropriate, okay? On my phone and my iPads, I've got them to the best of my technical ability locked up so I have no way to look at something that is inappropriate, no way. And here's my theory, and maybe this will speak to some of you. Why in the world would I ever want to resist a temptation tomorrow that I could eliminate today? Why would I ever want to resist something in the future that I have the power to eliminate today? You say, well, Craig, are you that weak? Actually, I'd say, no, I'm that wise. I'm going to do everything I can to guard the integrity of my heart because my relationship with my wife, my ministry, my public testimony for Jesus is that important. And the reality is you are only as strong as you are honest. There's someone here, it's time to be honest. You're dealing with something that you've been dealing with for a long time and you say, oh, but I can get out of it. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Listen, if you could have gotten out of it, you would have gotten out of it a long time ago. It's time to deal severely with that which could take you out. You have the grace of God. You have an opportunity and there's someone here, this is yours. It's your character and you know it. It's time to get something right before God and make the adjustments necessary so you can grow and honor God in all that you do. And number five, there is someone here, it's time to increase your commitment. It's time to increase your commitment. It, th this, is, this is the grit part. It's like, we're, we want to, there, there's a big difference between I kind of want this and nothing will stop me from doing this. There's a big difference. Uh, for years, I was kind of into fitness. And then I had a few physical challenges. The weight of the ministry caught up to me and I just decided, you know what? I'm gonna bring my best in every area of life. I wanna be spiritually strong. I wanna be relationally strong. I wanna be mentally strong. I wanna be emotionally strong and physically. I wanna be at my very peak to serve and honor God with the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I researched, I figured out what to eat, what not to eat, and I went on a massive one year. I didn't eat, I ate one hamburger, two pieces of pizza, and nothing else. Not one other thing that would fall under the category of slightly unhealthy. Call it obsessive, maybe it was, but I wanted to bring my best for God. I'm out to eat with a guy. He's eating a double cheeseburger, fries, supersized Dr. Pepper, and a big piece of cake. I've got salad with chicken in it, light on the dressing. He looks at me and goes, man, you're making me feel bad. I'm kind of on a diet. I'm like, I don't know what kind of diet you're on. It looks like a seafood diet. You seafood, you eat it, right? Okay, and, and I don't, I don't want to be rude or harsh in any way, but there's some of you who've been kind of trying to do something, and it's time you stop kind of trying to do something. It's time to increase your commitment. There's somebody here, you need to stop kind of trying to get out of debt. 
okay? Let no debt remain outstanding except the continual debt to love. If the debtor is in bondage to those who lend it, let's just get out of debt. Let's tattoo Dave Ramsey's face on our arm, get gazelle intensity and say, we are getting out of debt. We'll sell everything except for the kids and if they look at us cross-eyed, we might sell them as well. We're getting out of debt. Somebody here, well, we're gonna kinda work on our marriage. I mean, our marriage, we kinda, we, you know, we kinda need to, to work on our marriage. No, 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 no. We will not stop until our marriage honors God and blesses generations to come. It's a full-on commitment that God has called us to. It's not a relationship that we're gonna get to. It is the top priority in our lives. Well, as a church, we need to reach young people. I mean, we gotta, we, we really, we're gonna try to, re, we're, gonna, we're gonna try to reach the young people with that, with the Facebook and you know, all that stuff that they like. And we're, no, 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 no. We are called to impart life to the next generation. We are raising Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. The next generation is not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today, and God has called us to impart spiritual life into them. Raise your commitment. Well, we're gonna get involved in the community and help them out. No, no, we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us, but we are the church and we exist for the world. It's a calling, it's deep. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna do evangelism, we're gonna try to reach some people, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna go to a seminar, and we're gonna get us an evangelism pastor. No, from the heart, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who do not no Christ, and to reach people no one's reaching, we will do things no one is doing. Listen to me, someone needs to hear this. There's more in you. There is more in you. Your brain does not understand what your God is capable of doing through you. There is more in you, there is more in you, there is more in you. He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more. You need to step into it, step into that commitment. How bad you want something determines what you will do in order to get it. You wanna be a better leader? I wouldn't miss a single global leadership summit from now until you die or Jesus returns. What you want determines what you will do in order to get it. Some of you, you need to increase your commitment. So, at all of our churches, at all of the community centers, at all of the organizations, in the prisons, in countries all over the world, I wanna tell you that everyone wins when the leader gets better. And there are leaders about to get better when you focus on one thing. What is your one thing? When I say it, would you stand to your feet in front of God and everybody and say, this is my one thing. All of our locations, those of you who say it's confidence, stop the negative self-talk, say what God wants you to say, believe who he says, get up now, be confident in front of everybody, that one is yours, stand up to your feet. There's someone else here, you need some mentors, you need someone to learn from, you need to increase your connections, you may be one relationship away from changing the course of your, your, your destiny, stand up, that's yours, seek them out, ask them, they will be honored to learn, to, to pour into you. There's someone here, there's a specific area of your leadership, a competence, this one's yours. Would you stand up to your feet and say, I know what it is and I wanna get better at this specific thing. There are those of you that are gonna say, ah, there's something in there is, that I'm gonna deal with this right now 
and it, my life is going to be different. You're only as strong as you are honest. And I'm going to be honest and say there's something about my character I'm going to take before God today. Stand up to your feet right now and let the power of God work in your life. And number five, there's someone here who needs to increase your commitment. You don't kind of sort of want it. It's all in you. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's not a job. It is a calling. It is a mission. It's why you're here. It's why you're passionate. It's why you're going to get better. And you're not going to do it to make yourself better. You're going to do it for the glory of God. Now, Father, I pray for every person at every location that you would take all of the wisdom that we've been hearing in session after session, and you would drill down into our hearts exactly what we need to know, what we need to hear, what we need to remember, and we pray, God, that by your power, we would be different in your presence. Enlarge the leadership capacity of every leader here to reach more people, to lift up your name, and to make a difference for the glory of God all over the world. And now, Father, to Christ, who is able to do immeasurably more and all we ask or imagine. Stretch the imagination of your church, of leaders around the world, according, God, to your power that is at work within every person here. God, would you be glorified in your church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever Amen. And everyone who believes and receives this, give God a praise and shout amen and amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.